Um, is that in Iredell uh, County? Yes, it's, it's in Iredell County. County. Yeah, I've yeah, heard of that before. Yeah, Mooresville, North Carolina, and yeah. I was down at Funny Bone Embroidery. What are you doing? Um, going down there for a laugh? Nope, I wasn't going no, down you there. You picking for a, laugh. a bone with somebody? Nope, I was picking up hats. Picking so up hats. Hats. I just happened to have brand new hat on. You put hats on a skeleton or something? No, you are d- d- going us off on the wrong train track here, there, John Galena. <laughs> you know, we're trying to get somewhere, and trying the place we're trying to get is an event that we've got coming up in October called Take That Hill. And I just picked up the new, I want the new hats for Take That Hill. They were embroidered by our friend. Uh, Daniel Doherty, otherwise known as Chief, down at uh, Funny Bone Embroidery. If you need anything embroidered, T-shirts or hats or anything, they're amazing. They've been in business for a long time, and he's just a great uh, member of the community. And we got these awesome hats, trucker hats with the Take That Hill logo on it. And we just found out some really cool news today that we are going to have two Medal of Honor recipients at Take That Hill this year. And that's pretty exciting. So um, I'm excited about that. And you're going to have an opportunity to meet those folks. Um, let's see. We've got Bob Patterson, who served in Vietnam. What a, what a great and, man. Great and, man. Uh, yep, and served in the Battle of the Idrang Valley uh, with, at that time, Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore. So if you've seen the movie We Were Soldiers, uh, Bob's story is included uh, in that narrative. And, uh, and another gentleman, I can't remember the other, we just found out today. What's the other gentleman's name, John, that's coming? Uh, uh, Joe Marm. Joe Marm, and another yeah. Vietnam veteran. And I, I read this in the in the uh, vignette. So every Medal of Honor uh, recipient, there's a vignette and a story about what they did. And his Medal of Honor was presented to him by Richard Nixon at the White House. And just yesterday was the anniversary of Richard Nixon resigning and in disgrace and leaving office and Gerald Ford becoming the President of the United States. So I was alive when that happened, so... That, I, I was, I was not. You were not. Just, just so you're aware of that. Right? You were not. So you just read about sort that of, stuff. Sort of like your book. microphone's not turned on right now, but we can still hear you. Yeah, That's can right. The, can the listeners hear me <laughs> out yes, there? Yes, I'm sure oh, they I'm, could hear you without a microphone. People can hear you outside of the building yeah, without the microphone. Yeah. I know y'all missed me last week while I was out. We did. Yeah, yeah. it was disjointed without you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, was. it was. We missed your jokes. Let me tell you what I miss. your witty repartee. Let me tell you what I miss. <laughs> I miss Miss Giggles. The show just has not been the same well, without Miss Giggles. Miss Giggles is uh, currently and has been cur- has been out of town on a secret mission for the last eight days, uh, leaving me here alone to fend for myself um, as a bachelor. I thought it looked um, like you lost a little weight. <laughs> I forget to eat when she's around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyhow, she's en route. I just got a call from her. I didn't think she was going to return until tomorrow, but I just got a call about an hour ago saying, prepare, my return is imminent. So she's going to be home about Sunday. So, I mean, about sundown. So uh, well, that's really good. excited about that. So we got a good. great show for you. Uh, Devil Dog Devin's here. He's going to have Project of the Week. John Galena is back in the studio. And we've got a great guest on the line from somewhere in Virginia. Uh, and his name is Steve Bozeman. And so we're super excited. Devin arranged this guest, and he's uh, fired up about him. I'm going to let him uh, talk about our guest. Well, well, Steve here is uh, he, he's a uh, excuse me. You, one you're kind of putting you're kind of putting Devin on the spot because Devin is being tasked with fixing the technical difficulty oh, that we're having right now. That and is so correct. as soon as Devin went to go connect with Steve to get Steve tied into the to the studio call line, you want to introduce him then? Well, sure. I'll be happy okay. to. Awesome. Uh, you know, I, I tell you, most people that, that know me know that my, my real passion for veterans uh, resides in our Vietnam veterans. Just uh, 
just what they what they endured not only in combat but then what they endured uh, coming home uh, was uh, certainly something you know that that we in our generation didn't experience. Correct. And so uh, with that, you know, it's where where my heart and passion to serve veterans comes from is to serve those uh, those veterans that uh, were in Vietnam. So uh, with that, Steve is uh, a United States Marine, and uh, he uh, served in the. Yep, he served in uh, 1966 at the age of 18, and uh, with that he uh, did boot camp at Paris Island. Uh, he eventually, uh, after going through school infantry, he eventually uh, deployed into Vietnam, where he sustained uh, injury twice and earned two Purple Hearts. It's too too many. That's, that's, uh, uh, it is uh, too, yeah, too many. Absolutely. And uh, he was a helicopter me- mechanic and a machine door gunner, and uh, you know just uh, an amazing man. We're really happy to have him on the show with us. Uh, he also has the Navy Commendation Medal with a V device wow. for uh, hero- heroism. Yeah, and so uh, that's what the V stands for. That's what the V stands that's for. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So that that might kind of be like a uh, a one letter acronym, wouldn't it? That is a. It stands for valor. <laughs> it stands for valor. Yeah, that's exactly All right. right. Well, uh, Steve. Yeah. Steve, welcome to the show. I understand uh, now Joe's telling me that uh, that we got you on the line with us. Can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, welcome to putting the pieces back together. Yeah. Welcome welcome to the show, Steve. Yep. Yeah, glad to be here. Unfortunately, uh, we just couldn't get Zoom working on the audio on my end of it. I can uh, see you on the, uh, on the video, I mean the uh, screen, but I guess you could, you could not see me. Um, we have lost you. If you want to yeah. turn your video back on, that'd be fantastic. But we can hear you loud and clear. Just, just I gotta <laughs> say, uh, I've never lost a Marine before. I've lost some Army buddies. Oh and, man, uh, lost some Air Force people. <laughs> yeah. But typically, Marines don't get lost. You, you know what the problem no. is? The, the the guy that set this up was me, and uh, I, I take full responsibility Outstanding. for this. I, yeah, I, I, uh, good. I love when you people know, are accountable. Well, Steve is still on audio. We can still hear Steve. He knows how to work the radio. Awesome. Uh, Steve, tell us, where are you at in Virginia? I live in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is near uh, between Roanoke and Richmond. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And is that where you're, where you're originally from? Uh, no, I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. All right. All right. Awesome. Pretty much born and raised down there, and then um, my dad met my mother in Lynchburg when World War II was going on, and then when they got married after the war, and moved south, had three babies, uh, and then moved back up here. She did when they got divorced, and I stayed here for a few years, but I went back to Alabama and just stayed there for until I joined the Marine Corps. So you were 18 years old when you joined the Marine Corpus? Correct. So did you were yeah, you, did, old, did you did you get one of those letters in the mail saying congratulations you've been asked you've been told to join the Marine Corps did you walk down to the <laughs> recruiting station and raise your right hand and volunteer? Well, a little short story here was the uh, went out for the induction the army's going to draft me, but the Marine Corps recruiter got the list of names and right away he came knocking on my door uh, and said uh, hey we need some. Uh, Helicopter mechanics. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> All right. Got, and you were like, yeah, I'll take that. And I said, I can work on cars, but, yeah, I can work on helicopters as well if you train me. So I signed up for four years, uh, hit Paris Island January 3rd, 1966. 
All right. Well, they rushed us. They rushed us through in about ten week boot camp because of the war. So they pretty intensified, and then we, I got my mechanic training, and then went on to Vietnam. About nine months later. Well, right. Steve, we're, that's a great place for us to uh, take a quick break. Uh, don't go nowhere, Steve. And if uh, you're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back, and uh, we'll hear okay. more about Steve's story. Welcome Man, back. I feel bad for those that can't if, be on Facebook. If with you us are kids. missing yeah. the the segments on Facebook, you Man, are missing out. You yeah. need to go to WSIC <laughs> uh, Facebook page. Check out the Putting the Pieces Back Together show. And if nothing else, you need to listen to those uh, segments in in between. Uh, some great laughs there. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, they're not governed by FCC regulations. Oh no, no, no <laughs> I did find this out from our friend Chris Wilcox down at um, down at one hundred six point five. The end. It is not illegal to imbibe alcoholic beverages while you're on the air. Oh, does that mean we're going to start? No, I didn't say there? anything about what we're going to do. I'm just saying that was a question that was brought up. Well, I'm just saying that illegal. that stuff you tried to get me to drink on here when we first started. I'm oh, not that, drinking uh, that again. That uh, stuff that from tonic. Uh, oh, that was good, man. That it was from Lowry's Drug. Wasn't yeah, it? it was awesome. It's good for you. It was not awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, you're listening to putting the pieces back together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. Um, we're joined to, to today by uh, Marine Corps veteran and Vietnam veteran Steve Bozeman. Steve was a door gunner and uh, on a helicopter in, in Vietnam and twice combat wounded and um, lives in Lynchburg, Virginia, and we're glad he's here with us. And uh, Steve, again, thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you. And, and um, we were when we uh, left to go to break, you were talking about uh, going to Camp Pendleton, do some basic training, and uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what happened after that. Uh, okay, well, once we, uh, you know, I, I, signed up, I signed up for four years because basically <clears throat> I was going to be a Marine regardless. I didn't know if it was going to be infantry or whatever. I didn't even know that <laughs> they had other uh, uh, occupations. But I was lucky to be uh, a, a helicopter door gunner in a way because I realized once I got all these uh, missions and uh, combat missions, you've seen all the infantry coming in the helicopter you know, beat up, uh, some dead, some wounded, and, and I'm thinking, my God, they're going through hell out there. So even though we had our own hell by getting shot at when we came into the landing zones, well, I felt very uh, sympathetic to the, <laughs> to those grunts. Mm. Yeah, there's it's a lot different uh, wading out in the water than it is uh, flying up above it. I mean, I, I know you're still taking fire either way, but uh, it's it's a different perspective on that, isn't it? Yeah, sure is. Yeah. So, so give us a little bit of insights uh, there about the job, and and so you were a door gunner, but you went to school for the Marine Corps to be able to work on helicopters. Is that kind of dual enroll? I mean, how, how did that work for you? Well, once the uh, like I said. Um, Went through boot camp, ITR at Camp uh, Lejeune, and then uh, about three or four months of helicopter training in uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, which is uh, a naval air station out there. And then uh, right from there to Camp Pendleton for some infantry training, and right to Vietnam. And I got assigned to the old 34 helicopters, which is a reciprocating engine. And they were they were the workhorse in early Vietnam and early uh, 
70s and mid 70s and then uh, they started coming in with the Hueys and the uh, CH46s the twin engine so it was a workhorse and we did a lot of missions um, you worked on the helicopter when you weren't flying so it was pretty much 24-7 and uh, no time off at all you know, I'd have to say uh, working on it and then having to get on it and fly probably made you make sure that everything was in good working order. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I hope you had a good mechanic is all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You, yeah, it's a bad day when you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Wait, I'm the mechanic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So reflecting on your uh, time in service, is there anything that stands out, moments or experiences that had a, you know, left a lasting or profound impact for you, things that you weren't maybe expecting when you joined? Uh, well, the um, first year in Vietnam was basically uh, uh, from January 1967, through October, November, <clears throat> and rotated back home. And I did so because I had two Purple Hearts. I had almost got the third one that scared the hell out of me. Hmm. And in the Marine Corps, if you get three, they send you home anyway. And uh, I was just dodging bullets, and I figured I better go ahead and get the hell out of here. And I had a, a wonderful duty station in Glenview, Illinois. And next thing you know, when Ted hit, I was watching on TV. And I wanted to get back in the fight. Uh, it just had a calling. Hmm. So wow. I volunteered to go back, even though I knew it was going to be hell hole. And I just did. And then I served another, another 13 months, but it's pretty much uh, what it was not in a helicopter. So I guess the good Lord knew I was an idiot. And so he said, I'm going to put that, <laughs> that Marine in a fixed wing uh, aircraft. <laughs> Well, Marines are not always known for their good decisions. So uh, <laughs> no, true. you said uh, they, they put you in a fixed wing. Was that like a uh, bird dog uh, type plane? No, or? it was a C-117, which is a two-engine aircraft, uh, kind of like the uh, C-47s they had in World War II, yeah. two engines. Right. And then C-117 was the commercial, was a DC-3. Oh, yeah. But they converted it to military, and uh, we flew... You know, I call it milk runs during the day, and then at night we'd drop flares over the uh, besieged areas that was under attack. Oh, wow. And then we'd get a few pot shot bullets shot at us. <laughs> and then, uh, thank God, none of those bullets hit the uh, pallet full of uh, high-powered uh, flares that would have blew the, blew, the, blew the plane up. So after your uh, next deployment there, how much longer did you stay in the Marines? Well, I had I was an E-5 sergeant. I had orders to Andrews Air Force Base. Um, I had a chest full of medals. I guess they wanted me to be one of those uh, uh, helicopter mechanics that you see on TV where it is, the president gets off and on. But oh, when I got to wow. Okinawa, when I got to Okinawa, I only had three months left on my uh, enlistment. And this was late 69, October 69. And even though I had orders to Andrews, uh, the, the uh, lieutenant said uh, because they were downsizing in Vietnam that uh, you could you could get out in three months or less. So my first wife uh, was pregnant. Well, she already had a six-month-old baby waiting for her, and she wanted me to get out of the Marine Corps, so I did. 
I can completely understand that. Uh, raising a family's uh, tough, uh, but you know, it's uh, we're thankful for uh, our families and uh, our spouses that uh, hold down the home front. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, Steve, right. Steve, what was, uh, you know, coming back from all that, volunteering to go back for a second tour, getting, you know, getting two Purple Hearts, almost a third, um, and then transitioning back from, from doing all of that, what was what was that like for you? you know, kind of trying to get back to becoming a civilian? Well, that was 1969 when I got out in October. And right away, I had to go get a job. So I got one in Joliet, Illinois, which is just south of Chicago. And ironically, I worked for Joliet State Penitentiary for a year. <laughs> oh, I, thought I, got out of, <laughs> I thought I got out of combat in Vietnam. Here I was right in the middle of a... Uh, all these prisoners who want to kill you. <laughs> you were like, uh, yeah, I'll go back to the jungle. Is, yeah. is that why you took up running to get away from them prisoners? <laughs> Make sure I can run fast. That's correct. Tell but us no, it was, it was, back then the uh, prison was it was run very tight, and mostly military, former Army, Marines. So oh, it was a tight run prison. Yeah. Yes, so I mean, I, th that community of, of folks that you worked with probably served as kind of a new unit to be a part of, huh? Yeah, it was. the same kind of camaraderie of military, and yeah, you, you had to wear a uniform during the, uh, your your watch. Right. So it was a good wake-up experience, uh, seeing the uh, the bad side of society. And I would just learn a lot about uh, psychology and <laughs> And uh, bullshit and everything else that goes on. <laughs> of course, of course. There, there's a lot of that, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I, and Devin was telling me, and we, there's, there was some mention that you you did uh, um, become an endurance athlete and uh, take up marathon running. Is that is that was that early on uh, when you got out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, pretty much uh, 1970. Uh, Living in uh, Joliet area, and, I've, and I just needed—I knew I had something wrong with me, and from serving in combat, but I didn't know what it was. And as you know, as they call it back then, the Vietnam Syndrome. Yeah. Which is uh, you know, the same thing as PTSD now. So I was dealing with that and trying to figure out, trying to just work in. You know, she was going to school for nursing. I had a young baby, so I had to get my act together and. So I went up to the uh, football field and ran around the track, and I found out that running uh, endorphins that goes into your brain made me feel good. <laughs> and I, I just felt better, and I figured that, hey, uh, this is working for me. So I didn't feel like uh, I wasn't angry or felt like I was depressed or anything. Yeah. So you kept doing you kept doing that. Did you did you do uh, some marathon races and and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. And that was in seventy one, seventy two. Then I moved to Virginia in December of seventy five, and they had ten, they have a ten mile race down here, which mm -hmm. is very popular. Mm -hmm. So I kind of ramped up my mileage and, and hooked in with some other running buddies. And you know, after uh, Frank Shorter won the uh, gold medal, that's when running. The running boom took off. Yeah. Well, and back in the 70s, if you were like an athlete or into fitness, that that was not a super popular thing 
that you were kind of a, a, a freak of nature. It's like, why is that guy running yeah. all the time? You know, <laughs> and uh, it does. It does this whole story kind of reminds me of the movie Forrest Gump. I mean, um, yep, where, that's right. where he, he had, you know, he he was really good at running from the time he was little, and and ended up running to. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not sure. Himself from yeah, I'm trauma. not sure if it's running from something or trying to run to something, yeah, trying to find both. it. Find it. Both. It is. Yeah. So we're going to cut to a break. We'll be right back, and we'll hear more from uh, Steve Bozeman, Vietnam veteran, uh, Purple Heart recipient, and our special guest for this week. Stay. Joe said, no go, no, no go, go on the BFO. No go on the BFO. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Oh, Welcome wow. back Justin, to- Justin, I know that you're listening to our show because you, you, it's your favorite show. Uh, just know that Joe is doing a good job. Joe Keep, is doing keeping a great us, job. Keeping uh, us on track and FCC from uh, contacting you today. It's hey, a- and if you know what that means, then uh, why don't you put it down in the comments? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Get there on the Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Putting the Pieces Back Together. Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. You want to find out more a little bit about us? You can go to phhusa.org and uh, find out all that we're doing for veterans and uh, hear a little more about the events that we've got going on and uh, find out how you can get involved. And uh, we'd really appreciate that. We're, we're joined today by uh, Steve Bozeman, a Marine Corps veteran, served in Vietnam, did two tours in Vietnam. He has two Purple Hearts, almost a third. Which almost is good. I'm trying right? to figure out, because uh, he said in the earlier segment, he said that uh, it, it scared the shit out of him when he almost got the third Purple Heart. I'm just wondering, was he not scared on the first two, or, or how did that work? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess that, well, sometimes things happen so fast, you don't have time to be scared. So, uh, But Steve, welcome back, and uh, we're super glad to have you here. Thank you for your service, uh, brother, and we're, we're really grateful for you, sir. Um, you were talking a little bit before the break about your uh, foray into endurance uh, sports, uh, specifically into marathon training, and how um, running um, provided some solace for you uh, as you uh, were distancing yourself from serving in Vietnam. And I can certainly identify with that and as I'm an endurance athlete myself and like to ride my bike long ways. And I can uh, gravitate towards the things that you were saying about how uh, doing long, uh, laborious things makes you feel um, after you get to a place where you can do that. Did you continue to uh, run marathons um, for uh, for a number of years after that? And, and are you still yeah. doing that? Yeah. yeah, I'm still doing it. I'm uh, 77 next month. That's awesome. For, for instance, uh, next in October, I'll run my uh, 45th. Marine Corps Marathon. Oh, my gosh. This October, you're going to run your 45th Marine Corps Marathon. Correct. That is amazing. That's commitment right there. Man, what are you talking about? I, when I grow up, I'm going to be like Steve. No kidding. I right? will tell you this, and the reason I got back into cycling, one of the re- I rode, you know, I rode my bike when I was little, you know, like everybody did, and then I rode some and did triathlons when I was in my 20s. But about 12 years ago, I was riding across the top of Clingman's Dome over in the western part of North Carolina, and I was coming down the backside down into North Carolina, and I, I saw a guy riding his bicycle up that mountain at a f- fairly impressive clip, and I know in my heart of hearts he was 75 or 80 years old, and I was like, that's who I want to be. 
Wow, that's impressive. That's who I want to be. I want to be able to do that when I'm that age. So, Steve, you're giving me hope uh, that, uh, well, my that I can continue I, on. Y'all down in that neck of woods, we did Grandfather Mountain twice. Holy cow. You ran Grandfather Mountain? Yeah, man, they've got a race. No, did, did, yeah, they got a race down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we did that back in 87, 88. Yeah, they've got, they've oh, got one gosh. called the so, Bear. So tell us, Steve, what is your most memorable experience in, in all these races you've done? Uh, well, I've done the Alcatraz, uh, swim across the Alcatraz prison to San Francisco. How far is I that? How, how, how far <laughs> is that from Alcatraz to San Francisco? Mile and a half. Uh, I, now, no, wait a minute. The movies say that Alcatraz was built where it was because nobody could swim out. Nobody could, nobody could swim that. Well, well they, they didn't meet Steve Bozeman. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That water's well, actually, cold out a, there. It's cold and they have a strong current. Yeah. So it, I'm sure uh, some people could not make it, but uh, now they got this daggone race called Escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> and they got hundreds of people. I know our next team building event. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Uh. Mm. So we line up, they take us. God. They take us on a ferry boat. They take us on a ferry boat and right near Alcatraz, they drop us in the water. And then, um, and this you have to stand up right near the uh, shoreline. And then they say go, and then you got to aim aim toward uh, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you make it. Yeah, where you go. So anyway, holy cow! Wow, that is amazing. Unbelievable. That is amazing. I so you you swim and run? Do you ride bikes too? Please say you. Please say you ride. Oh bikes. yeah. Oh, okay. now you're really best friends. So. All right, you ready? I've done. I got into all that. As you said, you triathlons. I like that word. I got in triathlons in 1979. Over here in Richmond. And then I did a big one in Huntsville, Alabama, 1985, called the Double Ironman Triathlon, where you do the double distance, uh, swim uh, 4.8, bike 224, run 52.4. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds you, like my it, friend that does ultra marathons. That's an ultra, ultra. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. just run them numbers back through your brain. Four miles okay. in the wind, in the water, point. right? Yeah, four point eight mile swim in in the water. And a two hundred and twenty mile bike ride? Two twenty four. <laughs> and then a double marathon. You you ain't even on the bike or swimming, oh you're gosh. trying to short those numbers. Wow. <laughs> have mercy. I mean look, I rode my bike two hundred miles in one day to raise money for a tiny home a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. And that was the longest yeah, I day. I, I followed was, you in a car bro, and that was I, a long it day. It was terrible. I feel bad. Man. I get winded going across the it street. Was, so I y'all. mean I can't imagine <laughs> I mean, bro, if you I mean the last time I swam hundred meters, I was about to die. I can't imagine swimming four miles. Holy four point eight miles. Four point four miles. Wow. Mm. But Steve, you are my hero. You mm-hmm. are my hero. What a wonderful well, man. Well, you won't hear the other story was I've completed sixteen of them. Wait, now come on. Sixteen double. Sixteen double tri double triathlons. Double sixteen Iron double Ironmans. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Is so that, that a, is that a record? Is that yeah for the North America North American I, record? Yeah. I'm just I'm just I got a curious question. Do they have dark alleys in Virginia? <laughs> I sure well, hope nobody meets you in a dark alley. Yeah, no kidding. Nope. 
<laughs> my goodness, that man is hard as woodpecker lips. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> man. Uh. Hey man, you know, there's these dudes like David Goggins that get out here and talk about training. You know, and they, you know, stay hard, stay hard. I do, and David yeah. Goggins can run forever, but I guarantee yeah. I'll bet you a hundred dollars. David Goggins ain't never done a well, double now, Ironman. Now, Brad, let's let's just be realistic. This takes training and commitment. And so, Steve, what kind of training were you doing? <laughs> what was your training regiment like getting ready for a double Ironman? Uh, typically, I would never train like I should because <laughs> I was working. <laughs> He was a Marine. He just got up and went and did it. So, so I just used, he's right. I just used the old Marine Corps spirit uh, toward the latter part of the races. You have to. You have to dig deep, and it's all mental after a while, and your body wants to quit, but your mind doesn't, and you just keep pushing through. And typically, it takes you, uh, my best time was 27 and a half hours, and my worst <laughs> was about 35 hours. I, I know there are some Marines that are out there listening right now, and they're just beaming with pride, going, oorah, oorah, oorah. That is unbelievable. Steve, did you ever um, did you ever get anybody to test your VO2 max? Did you ever have that test Never done? have, never have. Because your VO2 max it must be an unreal number. I mean... Um, to be able to sustain that level of, of endurance for that, that long uh, and to be able to have the output. Because I'm just thinking about 27 hours. I mean, I mean, people yeah. strive to do one Ironman in less than 13 hours. I mean, one. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Yeah, my the, wife... Yeah. That's, my wife and I was uh, able to do the uh, Ironman Championship in Hawaii in 2004 together. We started and finished together. Your your wife well, did her. it with you. Oh yeah, she's an athlete too. It's legendary. It's legendary. I mean, I, I've got to say this is by by far the best guest that we. That had is on. incredible. I <laughs> mean, not only a Vietnam vet, which is amazing and cool in its own right, but a, a Vietnam vet with two Purple Hearts. Yeah. A, a, a Navy Cross with a V device. Yeah. And no, 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 no Navy Cross. Oh, what did Na I? Navy what? Commendation Medal. Navy Commendation Medal. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks yeah. for correcting me on that, Steve. Yes, that is important. Navy Commendation Medal with V device and 17 double Ironmans. And his wife Six, and he. 16. 16. And his wife and he completed one Ironman championship together. Yeah, in Hawaii. That's the big one. That's the that Kona. Is, that's the that Kona. is just it's mind blowing. Yeah, it is mind blowing. Mind -blowing. All yeah. right, so we're we're getting ready to come up on a break, and uh, and Steve, when we come back, I want to I want to change gears just a little bit. I know I know Brad would talk about riding his bicycle. Yeah, man, for let's the rest just uh, show, but yeah, let's, let's give it, let's, let's extend the show. Yep, let's just talk yeah, about yeah, something yeah, a little different here. Right, uh, there's a, a place, Monument Terrace, that holds some significant value, and we're yeah, gonna definitely. we're gonna ask you to tell us about that when we come back from the break here in just a couple of minutes. And so you don't want to miss okay. this and learn more about what Steve is doing in his community to honor those that serve and to uh, continue to build camaraderie in his community. Uh, so we'll be right back. You're listening to Putting a Piece Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes.
Yeah, welcome back to Putting the Pieces Back Together, presented by Purple Heart Homes. You can find out more about us at phhusa.org. We're joined together uh, today by uh, Steve Bozeman. It's been a great show so far. Steve is a Marine Corps veteran, served in Vietnam, twice wounded, has a Valor Award. He was a door gunner on a Huey helicopter over there. Uh, and to recover from that, he... Uh, uh, he started running and doing marathons and triathlon, and uh, we've learned all about this endurance athlete that emerged from Vietnam, and it's been a great, great show. Um, and then, uh, but Steve also does something super meaningful in his community up in Virginia, and it's a place called Monument Terrace. And Steve, would you uh, would you ex tell our listeners a little bit about Monument Terrace and uh, how it came to be and what that's all about and what's your involvement? Yeah, Lynchburg, Virginia has a Monument Terrace, which is a uh, goes uphill, 139 steps, and up, up those uh, memorials are at the bottom is the World War One uh, monument, which is a doughboy standing tall in bronze, and then above that's World War Two, was then uh, the Korean War, and Vietnam, and then very the top on the uh, other street is the Confederate soldier. So all these citizens from Lynchburg, which is 276, were killed in these wars. They got their names engraved, and it's kind of uh, you know sacred ground for veterans, and it's kind of like the icon of Lynchburg downtown. So I've been um, I helped put two of those memorials on there. One is a POW MIA memorial in 2004 and five, and then the other one is a Purple Heart memorial on top, which is uh, 2008. So my materials is uh, very dear to my heart. And there's a, is there um, a weekly celebration that goes on there? Well, um, tagging with that, you're right. Uh, when uh, the Afghan, well, when 9-11 happened, we all know where we were. <clears throat> and shortly after, we started sending our um, troops and bombs to uh, Afghanistan once we found out where the Taliban was. So right away we had some, I call them Vietnam vets, so we had peace next downtown Lynchburg holding signs up saying you can't make friends with your enemies and negotiate and this and that, but you know, same old BS. And it's about 12 of them. And then the local radio um, talk show contacted me about rallying the troops together and just have a counter rally and, uh, support the troop thing. So we did that uh, on November 30th, 2001, on a Friday. And right behind them, in front of us, was those 12 protesters. And then behind them was about 85 uh, veterans and patriots who uh, were there to kind of like, well, we're here to support the troops going into war right now. And at that time, we had no casualties in, in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So next time, we, next thing we knew, we uh came back the following Friday, the following Friday, and it continues. Now we, uh, tomorrow will be 1,131 Fridays. I'll continues. be darned. Yeah. Man, it I'd continues. like to, I'd like to, I'm going to ride up there one Friday. What time did, what time does that take place up there on Friday? Well, we rally at uh, 12 to 1, but a lot of the times the troops show up from, uh, you know, 10.30 on. Okay. And then we uh, have a, flag. we got flags, about 20 flags we display on the curb. We got a we got a sign that says "Honk if you support the troops," and we just have a good time for that, that one hour. 
it, it is really something to see if y'all ever you've in been that up there area. oh yeah absolutely so yeah. i want to i want to just give a shout out real quick you know as i you know have heard and learned a little bit of your story both uh, on on today's uh, calling and read a little bit about about your uh, your your story and the work that you're doing it's no wonder that you were named marine of the year in 1993 and then vietnam veteran of the year in 2000 for the state of virginia and hmm. and so uh congratulations wow. for that it's exemplary in what you're doing to uh to honor those that have served and uh and just continue your own your own service and between uh, running the mar- marathons and the ironmans and all of that uh all that you know, I can I can see where that inner strength and commitment comes from to uh, get veterans together to honor service. Uh, uh, yeah, man. And o- over eleven. Think about that. One thousand one hundred thirty-one Fridays. That's eleven oh, hundred weeks mm-hmm. in a row. Anybody's ever put on an event? Twenty-one years, and, uh, almost what eight months. That's amazing. And and there's right. still a ton of people going to this. I mean, it's. It really is, like I said, a sight to see. And if anybody is in the within, you know, a few hours of that, yeah, I, I recommend, go. yeah, go up there and then make a day of it. The D-Day Memorial is not far from yeah, there, true. so you could you yep. could go up there, go to Monument Terrace, uh, yep. hang out with Steve Bozeman, see all his veterans out there, and then go up to D-Day and 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 uh, honor those folks. There. Yep. Yeah, the D-Day Memorial. Yeah, is one hour away. Yeah, that's awesome, Steve. I got to ask you a question, brother, because you got all these amazing stories. Have you? Have you written a book? No, but I've been in a few. I had a few chapters in books. <laughs> no kidding. People have I, brother, I'm telling you, man, you, your story is uh, quite compelling. And uh, let me, uh, as one who uh, likes to document things in, in my life, let me encourage you, if you haven't gotten some things written down, compile those things because uh, there's a lot of people that need to know about you. That's right. Now I'm just curious. How so? We're talking about all these other type of uh, monuments and sites to see. How far are you from uh, Bedford? How, how far? Uh, Twenty-five miles. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, there's another another. That's World War Two. Yeah. Part of D-Day. It's the D-Day Memorial. Yep. Oh, it's in Bedford. That's, it's that, in Bedford. Yeah, and the, Bedford you know why it's in Bedford about. is because they, they lost the most. Yeah, it was like twenty-eight, yeah. twenty-eight of their young men or something yes, like that. Did. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It was a bunch of them, and they, they all yeah. of those guys. If you go down in downtown Bedford, they have the pictures of all of those young men that yeah. died at D-Day, uh, hanging from the uh, street sign. Not only did the community post. lose the most, isn't it? Aren't there a number of them from yeah. one family where that one family lost the most from that one same town? Yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just just amazing. A very rich history there in in your area, and uh, so we're we're doing a project. Uh, we're putting together a project. That's what uh, Devin was doing up here. He's up uh, meeting some folks. Uh, Devin, tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, that that uh, fellow that we're we're uh, looking at helping out. His name is is R. J. Pinto, and. Uh, he he's got an interesting history himself. Um, while he he never served in a, a theater of war, he uh, he was uh, a, a veteran and and had a lot of life experience and and uh, used to be the guy that gave the motorcycles on set in Hollywood. And um, if y'all ever heard of Alice's Restaurant. Alice was his girlfriend. <laughs> oh wow! What do you and, mean the, the 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 TV show Alice? The, the, there was a, a song about was it Woodrow Woodrow Grow Three or something like that? 
Arlo uh, Guthrie. Arlo Guthrie. Yeah, thank you. I'm oh, sorry. You, on... you were out. Uh, you were you were alive when that came out, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was. <laughs> sorry, hey, Steve I, it's remembers little, that too. Little before so. my time there. Right. <laughs> I think that was uh, eight fifteen, is what yeah, you said. That's right. <laughs> thank you, John. Yeah, but, give me uh, another one. <laughs> yeah, eight twenty-three, Devin. No, I don't know what that one is, but it was intended for you maliciously. Oh man, I'm, I'm I, sure you know, it was a good one. So back mm-hmm. to RJ. <laughs> he, he's another interesting fella. Been uh, he, he's in his eighties now, but just just a few years ago, he was riding in motorcycle uh, races <laughs> and. And uh, just having a good old time, but okay. now he needs some help with his house. He's in Lynchburg. He's he's in uh, Arrington, I believe. Okay, yeah. is that how I say that, uh, Steve? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, yeah. so we're going to be going out there, just taking um, taking some time to to put together something for him because he's just not living in in conditions that you would expect uh, a veteran to live in. You getting Steve involved in this project? Absolutely. Uh, Steve's involved with uh, yeah. something called the the is it Lynchburg Veterans Council? Is it, do I have that? Yeah, correct? Lynchburg area area Veterans Council, which I'm the vice president. And we formed about uh, almost nine years ago. <clears throat> and pretty much we've got all the uh, veterans organizations in town, which is about six. Uh, all the leadership is on our board. We're all uh, nonprofit. We're um, 501c3, no paid salaries, all volunteers. Hmm. And we do a lot in Lynchburg to help veterans and families. And uh, In fact, we've uh, accomplished uh, about two years ago, there's no homeless vets in Lynchburg. Oh, wait, say that again? There's no homeless yeah, veterans in Lynchburg. That that is insanely Correct. impressive. My goodness, boy, wouldn't it be great if other cities could uh, adopt well, that I mentality? Tell you, they they all they need is a Steve Bozeman to step up because he is not going to give up. Failure yeah, is agreed. not an option there for this man. Absolutely, <laughs> double iron man. You know. Yeah. So, Steve, if somebody wants to, a listener wants to support or get involved, uh, how how can they reach you guys? How how do they do that? Well, we've got a Facebook page, uh, Monument Terrace Troop Rally. All right. Right on. Monument Terrace Troop Rally. And if you go on there, you'll see almost every week we've got photographers who take pictures every week of, of different uh, you know, veterans, what's going on, speakers. Uh, you know, over the years we've had <laughs> quite an array of uh, politicians who come down there on both sides of the aisle. And uh, one of them run for different uh, offices and when they do they like governor yunkin he came down there when he was running and uh, he said well if i'm elected i'll be back he's been back twice hmm. wow that's great well i want to give a uh, give a quick shout out we got about a minute left before uh, the end of the show and uh, just want to uh, first of all thank you steve for your service thank you for your dedication to your community and to our nation and uh, certainly to our our brother and sisters in arms, and uh, so we, we just want to thank you for that, and thanks for being a guest on the show. also want to give a shout-out to uh, Mike Lennon, uh, yeah. yet another Marine who's in this mix. Uh, Mike is uh, not only a, a board member for Purple Heart Homes, but uh, he took Devin up to uh, uh, Monument Trace and uh, did the, the initial introduction and working on the project up there. So uh, thanks for all you Marines out there that stick together and that are out continuing to save the world and uh, help Ooh, our rah. veterans. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks for being up this week. We'll be back next week with a great show. It's going to be awesome. Have a great weekend, everybody. You're listening to Putting the Pieces Back Together.